0: Hey, everybody. It's Matt here. And before we get to the episode today, I just want to invite you to slay this giant of sexual sin with us. I want to invite you to consider doing an event with us. We have so many different kinds of events that we could do. There's events for men. There's events for men and women. Events for parents, for youth, for young adults. There's Sunday morning preaching. Um, Some of the events that we do are for our one-time things, and some are weekend-long conferences. And so if this is on your heart, and you'd like to address sexuality and porn in your church or in your circle, in your ministry, or whatever that might look like, Uh, I would invite you to go to restoredministries.ca slash events. You can see what's possible there with some things that we've done in the past. And we're also very flexible with working with different event organizers and and churches in what it can look like for their particular setting. And so if you have it on your heart to carry the message forward of, of freedom and wholeness and health over sexual brokenness, I would love to chat about what that might look like. Go to restoredministries.ca slash events. And at the bottom of the page, you'll see my email. And feel free to email me. We can hop on a Zoom call together and look at what doing an event together might look like for you. Welcome to the Peer Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Happner.
1: Hello, all our listeners out there, loyal listeners, Pure Victory Podcast. Thank you for coming back. And if
0: you're new, welcome. The loyal ones and the disloyal ones. (laughs) Oh, you rebels listening to different ones? Disloyal, does that mean they listen every once in a while? Every once in a while, or they even have the audacity to listen to other podcasts Oh, too. Yeah, who does that, eh? Like, we're the only ones you should listen to, yeah, really. I heard someone, he was unrelenting pursuit he heard from us and then he went mm-hmm. to listen to unrelenting pursuit and he's like man i love those guys they're awesome
1: oh so. that just hits us in the feels <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love it if you're not
0: loyal and you listen to others we are all for we're all we're joking i that. hope you pick up on that <laughs> we go we, do we, it
1: anything that you get that's helping you please listen absolutely and uh continue to listen and if we're one of those we're very grateful and uh if you're new like i said welcome and all our loyal and disloyal listeners <laughs> welcome back <laughs> And um, today we have a topic that I think kind of came across our path recently just because we've been thinking about it. And we're going to talk today about the different desires that really fall underneath our porn use. So identifying what we're actually desiring is what we're going to get at today because there is something deeper to this. There's something deeper than just looking at porn. There's often desires that um, fall underneath the surface of all these behaviors. And I think it's really important to identify what they are, because once we can identify that, sometimes we realize, wow, there's something more to this. And then I can start to have understanding, which moves me forward in healing, which opens me up to receive. And that's uh, really key because we can just focus on the surface level and never get to deeper things. And there's these deeper desires that we need to talk about, we need to identify, and we need to address those.
0: Oh yeah, it's so it's awesome going through this with people because you know you're talking to someone about their porn. You say, "But what do you, what do you really desire? I want to watch porn. That's what that's what <laughs> I desire. I want to have sex. I want to get off. I want to look at beautiful naked people. That's my desire. But really, there is something deeper, and it's stuff that I never thought about. I'm just like, man, that this is the kind of person I'm attracted to this is what I like watching that's Mm -hmm. my desire that's what I'm going to go for but once I started learning how to identify these things in our hearts it really has transformed the way I view life Um, and even apart from getting free of sexual sin it, it transforms the way I see human relationships and communication with my wife or with my kids and you can go to more to a heart level it changes the way that I read scripture It changes so much because it's it's more heart level stuff than behavior and uh and and it is really important to understand that we don't always and we don't even know what we desire because we think we didn't know because it's surface level behavior Mm -hmm. but when we go down to the heart level we don't even always know what we desire Mm
1: -hmm. no we don't and and it really could become this, this big blind spot of our life. And until we identify what that is, it's really hard to move forward. It really is. And we're stuck. And so why that this matters is where I we're talking about it is because we want to unstuck you today. We want you to be walking forward. And maybe as we're talking about to start asking yourself that question. What am I desiring? What am I desiring as we're, we're talking this through? And it's hard because, I mean, you look at porn, Again, you're not really thinking beyond that. Like it's making me feel a certain way. I'm forgetting about life. I like what I'm seeing on the screen. You know, I'm getting a dopamine uh, dump in my brain. Masturbating feels good. Go down the list, right? All these different things. And we don't think deeper. But ask that question, what am I actually desiring? And I'm going to use myself initially anyway as a case study here. So uh, learning about what I was desiring was really helpful because growing up, I, I did have past hurt as we all do, one of the ways that I was hurt was in feeling rejected. There's a lot of instances that occurred in my life. I don't need to get into each one, but just know that it happened. I felt rejected growing up in my formative years. And so what did I feel that porn was providing for me? I felt maybe this unhealthy Kind of acceptance. I felt accepted. I didn't. I was. I wasn't really accepted by what I was seeing on the screen. But in a twisted, this this twisted uh, way that I had this. Well, this desire was twisted. I should say, because um, really, what am I wanting when I'm feeling rejected? I want acceptance. So that's twisted, distorted, and then porn lies to you saying, I can offer you those things. And, you know, when I think that this pretty girl on the screen, I'm being invited into a very intimate moment. And somehow in some twisted way, I'm feeling that I'm accepted because I'm there. And that, you know, she's looking into the screen. Like I'm actually looking at her and I'm taking part in this intimate act. And somehow I'm feeling accepted and that's not what's occurring. And I kept spinning my wheels because I didn't know that was what was happening. You know, in my day, I might feel rejected some way. I might feel like I wasn't seen. And so I want to be seen. I want to not feel those bad feelings anymore. I'm going to go to something that I feel is making me accepted. Um, so I'll go to porn. But then it makes me feel worse. Uh, the lie doesn't live up to what it's offering, right? And then I just feel like I have to consume more and more of it to get that feeling of acceptance. And of course, there's the dopamine rush of that, that becomes really a big part of this. And you need that. Uh, you become addicted to that. But. The trigger, the deeper desire of what I'm looking for is really the key. And because uh, once you start to understand, yes, the brain neurological component of the dopamine aspect, sure, that's great. We need to learn that, but then get to that deeper desire and that's going to take care of so much more. And, and so once I learn that I really need acceptance, I can come to God with that. I can come to others in my you know, the trusted inner circle and a community, and, but I can come to God and ask, you know, God, do you accept me? And what do we know? Of course he does. He accepted me. And, um, and that's something that I needed to hear from him and to grow in my understanding of. And when I got that, all of a sudden his acceptance makes that fake acceptance that porn provides pale in comparison. The acceptance that God gives me is far greater than anything I could ever receive on the screen with a porn video. And, and that's way more powerful for me to come to terms and understanding of my deeper desire than just trying to deal with the surface level behavior. So I had to ask the question, what am I desiring and learn what that was. And when I did, that's when I experienced way more inner peace and joy. And um, because I'm, I'm receiving from God, he's wanting to work in really what my desire is to be accepted is a great desire. I think we all have that desire, but the enemy, he comes and tries to twist and distort that. And he uses that against you and that's what we would call our flesh, or sin nature. And we're going to talk about that. Um, really what the, the crux of all this is that we have what we call our flesh, which is our sin nature. And, you know, going back to Adam and Eve, we all have that. It's something that occurred with the fall. And we all have this uh, inner desire that out of the flesh, birthed out of sin, to go towards sinful things. But we also have the spirit. And that's the the eternal component of us, and that desires God, that desires the things of God, and uh, we have these two things battling against each other. And if don't take my word for it, let's go to scripture. Um, Matt, you want to read Galatians five seventeen? <laughs> there,
0: sure. Yeah, uh, Galatians five seventeen. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. And you read this and and it's like, all I ever d- identified before was the desires of my flesh. But it's in conflict with what is the desire of my spirit. And so when I desired uh, pornography, uh, sexual release, looking at people who are attractive, whatever, all of that stuff, that's the desire of the flesh. That's all I ever knew. Once I started learning what my spirit desires, it's like, man, I can, I can focus on that. I can bring that to prayer. I can worship God and thank him for those things. And it's really cool that everything that God ever calls us to, it's in alignment with what our spirit desires. And there's a, there's just, I mean, you could read this all throughout, especially the gospels when you're listening to Jesus, but really it's the whole scripture, the whole, the whole Bible. Um, where you can look at God is directing you in a certain way that's in alignment with your desires. In John 16, it says to ask um, in, according, in accordance with or to ask for things in his name. And when we do that and God answers that, our joy will then be complete. And so what he's saying is don't just ask for things apart from what God's will is for your life then your joy will be in that thing, but your joy won't be complete because you still won't have joy from your intimacy with Jesus. He's saying, be intimate with Jesus, ask for things in his name, not just in Jesus' name. Amen. It's like, and if you're not sure, there's a way bigger teaching, but you can look look up and start to study. What does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Um, Because he's saying, if you pray in his name, not just for the thing, but you pray in intimacy with him, and then God gives you the thing you're praying for, then your joy will be complete. So he's saying, I want you to do this in a certain way so that you'll have joy because that's a desire of your heart. When he, when Jesus comes back from, from the dead, he resurrects, his main message to the disciples was peace. He's like, "My peace that I give you." He, he says it in a lot of different ways. Why? Because a desire of their heart is peace. He, wa- he wants them to experience this peace, and they were so fearful and scared for their lives after Jesus had been killed. Their desire is peace. Now a fleshly desire, could be they just want to run. They just want to lock themselves into a room. They don't want to go out and witness or evangelize. God's like, that's not what I want for you. I want you to have peace and then you'll go and do this stuff. Um, The circumstances of their lives didn't change. The disciples, when Jesus died, they were so fearful because they were being looked for and the government was oppressing Christians and and they were going to be in trouble. They were going to be either killed or sent to jail or, or, or persecuted in whatever way. And they're like, man, we just got to lock ourselves in a room and hide from the authorities. There's fear there. But their desire was peace. And so their their fleshly desire could be, you know, you know to, to run from all conflict. The desire of their spirit was peace. Once that was met, once the desire of their spirit was met, then they're out boldly proclaiming the gospel in the courtyards, like right in the space where they're arrested or where the government officials are because they're like, no, I have peace. It's okay. This is why we need to understand the desires of the spirit because it, it leads us into doing things that God wants us to do. And it leads us out of temptations when God says, or when Jesus says to his his disciples before he ascends to heaven, he's like, I will be with you always. Or he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's saying that I'm never going to forget you because you want to be known. It's saying, I'm never going to leave you because he knows it is a human desire of our spirit is connection and intimacy and relationship. And so everything that Jesus says, he's speaking in alignment with our desire. Mm -hmm. We want to know that we're loved, even though we screw up. Mm -hmm. And so think in John 8, the woman who was caught in adultery and Jesus is like, hey, look at me, like who condemns you? And all the Pharisees who are going to condemn her are gone. And Jesus is like, I don't condemn you. Just go and sin no more. She's experiencing in her spirit this like, wow, this guy loves me and believes in me, even though he knows what I've done. Everything that Jesus says, everything that God does, it's in alignment with what we want. We want to be significant. We want to do great things. And so in Ephesians, it talks about that we're his workmanship and, and there's work prepared, works prepared in advance for us to do. That's speaking to the desire for significance. So when we are looking or, or, or looking at porn or thinking about acting out in sexual sin, so often the focus is um, the desire of the flesh. Well, this is going to feel really good. This is going to give me pleasure in this moment. But what's the desire of your spirit? What's the desire of your heart? Well, if it's peace, then I think it's really important to identify that and then praise God for the peace that he gives you. Even if you don't feel it, it's really important all throughout the New Testament. It's talking about thank God for what he's already done for you. It's not a future thing that one day he'll give you peace. It's saying he's already made way for you to experience that peace. And so can you thank God for the peace that he gives you? If your desire is connection and you're feeling alone, can you identify that and then go, God, I thank you that you're with me. That you'll never leave me. And you just praise him for that and you, you, you could even sing a worship song or you could just pray and you could thank him for meeting the desires of your heart. And I really think that when we do this, God moves in powerful ways and he wins the battle for us. Mm-hmm. I've experienced this myself and, and I'm always wanting to grow in this, but it's a way better way of, of winning the, the war of sexual temptation when we just identify the desire of our spirit and praise God for, for satisfying that. Rather than just simply fighting against the desire of our flesh. Right. And so
1: powerful. And one of the things that I just want to clarify with this too, and we say our spirit, um, we're talking about that internal component of us, but also the God created, God-given aspect of us. And when I say too is like, I mean, Paul says this, since we live by the spirit, let's keep in step with the spirit. We are talking about the Holy Spirit's indwelling of us. So the Holy Spirit will always point towards Jesus. Um, always point towards Jesus. And so that's why I say that, is that like God's given us these desires. Um, the Internal component of us is much different than the flesh. The flesh is what has fallen through, this, through, through sin. But we have this internal component of us, but it's the Holy Spirit that works in that. We had this great pastor on years ago on the podcast. He called it our knower. Our knower. We know God, right? In the sense of there's something in t- inside of us that God's created that cries out for God. And, and he's created us with that God-shaped hole in our life that only he can fill. And we are created to worship him. So our knower, we know the spirit. We want to walk in the spirit, but it's contrary to what the flesh is calling us to. So we can't conflate the two. Because sometimes I've seen this, and I've probably done it too, is you think the flesh is the spirit. <laughs> and the enemy is really good at tricking us lying to us and even not even the enemy just this world and the the, the structures of the way things are sometimes we can conflate those two voices and it's really important that the more that we walk in the spirit the more we recognize the spirit's movements we understand the holy spirit we understand his work in our lives and it's, it's really key i mean the less that we do that the more that we know the flesh the more that we're going to work in and move in the the ways of the flesh. So that's why it's important to differentiate the two. And you might be thinking, I mean, today, this world, this culture is really good at saying the desires of my flesh. Those are virtuous. Those are righteous. They're not, but our culture is really good at stating that look at our world right now. This is who I am. The world will say, this is what I want. That's righteous and virtuous. You have to, you know, Um, Just go along with what I'm saying, or it's okay that I pursue these things because it's out of these desires, when really these people are being lied to. I've referred so often, so often to this movie, uh, Eat, Pray, Love, which I can't stand. If you love that movie, I'm sorry for you. (laughs) But anyways, again, this woman leaves her husband and they have a marriage that isn't perfect, but it's there's nothing wrong with this marriage. There, there's growth that needs to happen there, but she's just not feeling it anymore. And what does her flesh tell her? The desires of her flesh? Go pursue happiness. Get out of this marriage and go find someone that can make you feel happy. So that's what she does. And this movie that was created around this this true story, actually, um, is is seen as this virtuous pursuit. Uh, and that we're all on this kind of... Um, I guess, pilgrimage, so speak, of, of happiness. So we distort what the flesh is saying or what our spirit is actually wanting. And we think it's you know a good thing, but it's actually our flesh. So we'll pursue all kinds of things. People think, hey, I want to look at porn. It makes me feel good. I'm just going to do it. Who are you to say anything to me? And, well, you're, you're stuck in a prison of your own devising. It's the flesh desiring this. And if you don't get what you're actually really truly desiring, which is those good God-given things, you're at a second rate kind of life and you're never going to get the fullness of what God has for you. In fact, you're going to feel even worse than that. You're going to, you're going to start moving towards destruction in your life. Very destructive behaviors to try to meet these, these fleshly desires, but let's be in step with the spirit as Paul calls us to in Galatians 5:25. you know, let's live in step with the spirit. Let's keep in step with the Holy spirit. And, and that's so important. Um, and so, you know, that part of that is understanding what was those God given desires. And what meets a God given desire? Well, God. <laughs> and He provides for us in these areas. And uh, it's important that we start to recognize if we recognize what our desire is, then we know what will meet that desire, what will meet that need. And it's not porn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's important. to understand to the schemes of the enemy and I'm not big on focusing on oh the devils attacking me. I've never, I've honestly never said that in my life. I'm just like, it's not, I don't think something that Jesus said. Well, I know it's not something that he said. It's not to focus on all oh, the devils attacking at the same time. And the reason to give more context is because when the devil attacks, God is also always doing something. And that's what Jesus focused on is what's the Lord doing. And so, but it does say in scripture to be aware of the schemes of the of the enemy. And so we're aware of it, but then we respond with focus towards the Lord. And so to be aware of the scheme of the enemy, I want to give some context here because a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or whatever, I was, I started thinking like, what am I pursuing in life in order to achieve something that actually I already have in God? And I'll give more context. What am I pursuing in life in order to have peace? Or what am I pursuing in life in order to have security where I already actually have security in the Lord, but I'm neglecting that in hopes that I would achieve something in life that would then give me security. And this is a scheme of the enemy because when Adam and Eve were tempted, they were made in the image of God. They were already in the image of God. They were walking in in step with the spirit. They were in community with God all the time. And God had given them everything except for one tree. And the enemy came and said, no, if you eat from this tree, then you'll be like God. Well, they were already like God. They were already in the image of God. But they felt this lack, this void that, w- that came from the deception of the enemy. And so when we feel like, oh, there's no peace in my life, um, what are you focused on? It highlights an idol in your life where you're going, if I had uh, more job security, then I would feel secure or then I would feel peace. If people respected me more, then I would feel significant. All the while, Jesus died on the cri- uh, on the cross for you, and God calls you significant and has works for you to do, and He values you and watches you and wants to speak with you all the time. That's pretty significant, but we're looking for our significance in these things of the world or in relationships or in our work. And so I think it's really important to realize that when our our the desires of our spirit are being neglected, And we're simply looking for these things to be fulfilled through worldly things. It highlights an idol where maybe our work is an idol. Maybe our marriage is an idol. Mm -hmm. Maybe our relationship with coworkers or with our kids or friends or whatever, maybe those things are idols and to be more at peace and go, man, God, you already have significance for me. You're already with me all the time. You've given me great relationships in my life. Even if they're not all great, that's okay. Because, In order for me to rely on you, nothing can be perfect in this world. And so we can feel fulfilled in the Lord um, rather than feeling this lack. So the scheme of the enemy is he wants us to feel lack. He wants us to think, oh, if I do this thing that's sinful, then I'll feel pleasure. Then I'll feel happy. Then I'll feel good. In reality, Adam and Eve were already in the likeness and, and in the image of God. God already has peace for you. He already has love for you. He already has kindness for you. He already has affirmation and compliments for you, and when we can turn to him, and I think that this is really important, is to praise him and thank him for those things. Um, it really gets those things established in us. And so there's two ways that I, there's two ways that I, in my own life and what I teach, th- that I I highlight uh, or or I have those desires highlighted. And number one is I'll just ask the Lord or lead people to ask the Lord, Hey, what am I actually desiring right now? Like, what is my heart or my spirit longing for right now? And then you just sit and you just listen. And I've had times where clearly God speaks to me about things. And then I'll just sit and he'll say like, you're, you're wanting peace. You're wanting connection. You're wanting to be respected, whatever. And I'll just sit and I'll just praise him. Like, thank you that you respect me. Thank you that you see me. And I'll just spend some time on that. And that'll be my whole focus. But the second way to identify the true desires of our heart that I know of, at least, I'm sure there's more, but is it's the inverse of what your emotional trigger is. So if you feel rejected, you might want to have connection. If mm-hmm. you feel rejected, you might want to feel significant, whatever. So think about what that is. If you feel alone, then the desire is you want community or you want connection. And so think about what's the emotional... Uh, trigger that leads you to sexual temptation and what's the inverse of that what is the thing that you feel you're Mm -hmm. lacking if you can praise god for giving you those things and then also ask the lord to show you where in your life that actually is being fulfilled yeah i think that that's really an important practical step or two steps whatever that is to to more walking in step with the spirit in those times Mm -hmm. and this reminds me as you're sharing that um
1: uh, I think to this story of the woman at the well and how Jesus respond to that woman. And as we think through that, that moment, um, that woman had been living very much out of the flesh, uh, living with multiple men, looking for something. She had a desire that was not being met out of her flesh. And that's one lesson for us. The flesh can never be satisfied. The flesh can never be satiated. It never can be. So if you're there, there's a clear indicator for us. Um, if we're moving those areas, we're never satisfied. And that woman understood that all too well. She was never satisfied. What did Jesus say? He talked to her about water, which seems really odd. You know, he said to her, uh, he, he used this as a metaphor, but it really spoke to her life. because he talked about how you will thirst again after this water, but the water that I provide streams of living water. Me, he's talking about himself. You will never thirst again. And he's showing her something very clear, is that he is the living water. Um, He is the one that satisfies. He's not speaking to her specifically about water in a well. He's talking to her about life. He's talking to her about what she's actually desiring. And that's when he addresses her life lived, searching after something, living from man to man to man. And that's what he's speaking to her about. And he's providing for her. This is what you actually desire is me. And and that's something that we need to come to terms with is like that woman at the well. That God is who provides for us in these areas. It's it's so important that we we recognize that our desires really stem from all of that. As as you're talking about Matt, and uh, recognizing that 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 the, really that is the the key thing for us is to recognize what our desires like you're saying the inverse right. I'm desiring, you know. Like if I'm feeling this, what's the desire that 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 comes from that?
0: Yeah. And
1: and the more that we do that, the more. I mean, this takes practice. Like, yeah. uh, we're never gonna get this right from the get go because it's like learning a new language or learning how to walk. Uh, and God's so kind to us and helps us with this. And we may not get it right away. We may not know the deeper desires that are really occurring because we've lived so long in the flesh. Um, and it's really frustrating because we're never feeling satisfied, but we don't think deeper beyond that. And and so if you're looking at porn, you might be thinking that, like, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't even know where to begin. I don't know. And then that's okay. I mean, right now we're praying for you. And uh, we just we just want you to shift your focus, though. Um, shift your focus like the woman at the well, Um, turn to Jesus and he will show you what those desires are and he'll guide you in this. And it's going to take some consistent and ongoing movement towards God in your life to recognize what these desires actually are, but we're cheering you on. Um, This is something that uh, again is a journey and a a process. And um, the more though that you recognize what your desires actually are, I find that the grips of porn and masturbation in your life will lessen and lessen. They really will, especially as you move towards what is actually fulfilling you in life, which is how God works in you and then the different things he provides for us.
0: Yeah, they will. Because Proverbs 4, it says to guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So if you guard your heart in this way, you, everything you do that flows from it is going to be different. So the grips of the sin, it will change. But I love that story you just brought up. With the woman at the well, I've never thought of it in the sense that she was looking for water and Jesus says, hey, I'll give you water, but it's going to be way better and lasting. But we're looking to porn to give us pleasure or to make us feel good. God's like, man, if you come to me, I'm going to give you pleasure. I have pleasures that are everlasting. I'm going to make you feel good and way better. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about that is that not only did this woman experience a love from God and, and, the, and his presence, that she had never experienced. She also was like nothing in that, and there's a big cultural thing, but in that day, like women would walk to the well together. She was alone that day, which means like that's lonely. Women couldn't file for divorce, only men could. So mm-hmm. she'd been rejected five times. Now she's living with this other guy that she's not married to. Yeah. And she's a
1: Samaritan too which says is all cultural baggage. Exactly. They were at the
0: bottom of the totem pole. If you're
1: wondering the cultural aspect there in, 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 in Israel, they're the bottom of the totem pole. Cause they were looked at like less than they yeah. were seen as just racially. They were seen as less
0: than, yeah. She's like, what are you doing talking to me? I'm a Samaritan woman. Yeah. And, and it, but it doesn't matter. And so then she goes back to her city and tells the whole city, like, come meet this man. And then like so many of them meet Jesus. And how cool is that, that this woman who is nothing. Now she's significant and she's seen, there could be cool things through her life, significant in the works. I mean, she's already significant in God's eyes, but but she's experiencing so much more than just her thirst being quenched. She's now like more respected, and she's uh, listened to, and she's heard, maybe for the first time. We don't really know. But that's what happens when we turn to the Lord, is we think that porn is going to make us feel good, or it's going to be a pleasurable escape. But God not only will give you pleasure in your heart, your soul, your spirit, spirit and even satisfy your body, he'll also do so much more with your life when we go to him. And uh, anyways, I really like that, that story that you brought up in in that way, the way that you said it, Um, these things, the desires of our flesh, they, they point to where we need to surrender. And so there's two things that that we've talked about and Brad brought up this Galatians five verse, the desires of the spirit, the desires of the flesh. Desires of the spirit can be met in all of the ways that we're talking about. And then the desires of the flesh, it points to where you need to surrender. You need mm-hmm. to learn to surrender. We need to learn to surrender. And What does this look like to surrender? I always think we ha- we need to have joy in our surrender because surrendering something that seems so enticing in the moment sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like nobody wants to do that. But if you see the joy in that surrender, like, oh, I'm going to surrender this desire or this temptation. Right now, I'm going to, the fleshly desire, I just want to look at people who are attractive. I just want to lust. I just want to escape. I just want to masturbate and have an orgasm. Like, that's what I want. If we surrender that, well, what's what are we going to get for it? And God is going to come in. He's going to give us satisfaction in our heart. Mm-hmm. We're going to have better relationships, better self-image. And so the desires of our flesh – can train us on how to surrender and then see God moving in our surrender. And so I think it's really important to understand how to steward well, both the desires of the spirit and the desires of the flesh.
1: That's great. And there's a verse that speaks to that, that we can kind of close with, but um, I mean, I'm going to paraphrase, but I mean, Scripture calls us to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily. Often that's a verse that, I mean, when if you're a new Christ follower or or even if you've never heard of that before, you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I mean, that's just speaking to our flesh. We deny our flesh. We die to the desires of our flesh. But sometimes we miss this part. When we deny the desires of the flesh, we take up a cross, we die to that, we become alive in Christ. You miss the life part. You miss the life part. And that's the key. I mean, because often we get stuck on behavior modification. We think that's denying ourselves. No, you deny yourself, but then you're alive in Christ. So you seek the Lord in that. You don't just stop there. You seek the Lord and and he makes you alive. He makes you come alive. And in a way that is way more powerful and profound than getting the fleshly desires met. And so I love what you're saying, Matt. We need to recognize the areas that we need to die to. The desire die to that. And and that's what we have to address and become aware of and then understand that we have a deeper underlying desire that God meets as we are alive in him. And, and that's so powerful. And I think that we miss that. We think this is such a hard thing. And, and while it is, it is the best thing. Um, often we think that the best thing in the world says this is do what you want. You know, you only got one life, YOLO, right? And and you do all these things because you think that's going to be the the good thing. Like there was this, this song years ago, man, I'm not saying I'm a Nickelback fan. If you're wondering who Nickelback is, but anyway, it was Rockstar. It painted this picture of being a rock star of all these amazing things, like having Playboy bunnies, money, drugs, all these things. And I think there was a hidden message in this song that it's not at all cracked up to be. For really, what, what that's saying is what we're, you know, we think our flesh desires. If we get all those things riches, girls, you know, um, fame, whatever else that then that's what, what, what we need, but it isn't, it's, it's hollow and and really, uh, you know, that that mentality of oh, YOLO, you only have once, do what you want, live for these things man, it is a, a twisted way of looking at what your actual desires are, and God. He gives us what we need. And it is so much better to live that way. How amazing it is to feel full in Jesus. How amazing it is to feel his acceptance, his love, his kindness. To walk in that confidence, knowing that you are his and he is yours. And to know that you have that assurance of eternity spent with him. But not only that, the abundance of a life lived with him here on earth. Knowing that he's working in your life, in your relationships. He's showing you how to forgive. Showing you how to just really open yourself up to him and a healing and just to have his presence daily in your life. It is so sweet, so amazing, and so rich to live a life with Jesus far better than what rockstar calls for. And, And we just want to put that out to you. You might be chasing after riches. You might be chasing after girls or guys or whatever else that you think will meet the desires of your heart. Only Jesus can meet those desires and he is the one that we should look to. It's so much better. Honestly, it really is. We've, lived, Matt and I, looking at porn, thinking that's going to meet the needs. We know it doesn't. In fact, it leaves us feeling very empty. But man, God's so good to us, and He has given us everything we need to fill our lives, fill our hearts. And we're bursting out because of Him. Nothing we've done.
0: <laughs> You're preaching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're preaching. I love it. I love it. No, it's true, man. The, the love of God is so real in, the, mm-hmm. in His presence. It's, it's so satisfying. There's a. I, I was working with a coach here locally last year and he's big on this stuff the desires of the heart and he just looked at me one day and he's like man that that the heart is a complex place eh?" and like yeah it is and, and I kept laughing with him because he was asking me questions for me that I always ask to people when I'm coaching people and and it just highlighted the importance for all of us to have someone in our life that we can go to for these kinds of conversations and coaching and there was a guy that that uh, he's probably listening. I don't always use names, but, um, but he came to us from the podcast and he's been doing this coaching. And, and one day he just realized like, man, I, this is the last thing that I'm holding on to. And God has asked me to surrender so much. And well, everything in my life and I've surrendered so much. This is the last thing. Porn is the last thing I'm holding on to. And for, for him before coaching, he just thought it was like his thing. It was what he went to to feel good and pleasure. But when we walked through it, he's like, you know, actually what I'm getting by holding on to this is I'm getting bad self-image and I'm getting like bad relationships or negative relationships and, and, and all these negative things. And he had never really highlighted them or put them down on paper um, before working through it with someone. And so I just encourage you, if you can work through this with someone in your life, with your spouse maybe in your life it's really important have them ask open-ended questions if you need coaching of course we're here and we're available and, and lots of different options there and you can go to the website at restored ministries which is in the show show notes restoredministries.ca but you can go there and inquire and i just encourage you to to make this your lifestyle looking at the desires of your spirit and of your heart that God can satisfy because it's so fulfilling so hope that helps Uh, feel free to share this podcast leave a review if you can and uh, thanks for all of you who do that we so appreciate it and we're excited for you to keep on growing chat soon thanks for listening if you would like to hear more please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you'd like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.